0: Welcome one, welcome all to the One for All AGFC podcast, our non-exclusive digital column where we aim to give you an informal and casual wrap of the rounds just seen and even more poo brown and gold tinted really pleasing content. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm AP Hawkeye, your host, and welcome once again to our bi-weekly podcast. Right, the second round after the mid-season bye. So let's get started, shall we? In and around the club, first and foremost, our heartfelt condolences go out to Jack Gunston and the Gunston family for the passing of his father, Ray Gunston, a revered figure in many different AFL networks. Second off, it was interesting to note that as reported by The Age in the paper this week that we have sold our pokies with $40 million going towards future projects, not just towards Dingley. We think this is a very, very smart move, one which represents uh, divesting the club's fortunes in areas other than gaming, and also one that really helps and, and demonstrates us putting our money where our mouth is in terms of our social justice initiatives because we do know that the specter of gambling... It yeah, looms very large in Australian professional sport and you only have to switch on the TV to watch any professional sports coverage to watch the, uh, the ad space that, that online gaming takes. So this is a, a massive step in the right direction for our club. So well done, Hawthorne. Well done. Right, so even though it was reported in our column last week, We want to quickly cover the Hawthorne Bulldogs game at Marvel Stadium. Uh, Just to recap, we were absolutely smashed in stoppage in and around the contest. Oh, don't get us wrong. Our first quarter was unbelievable. But I think most of us knew that that was never going to be sustainable for a four-quarter period. Sammy and his team, I'm sure that's their ultimate goal for us to play sustained four-quarter footy like that. But with our young developing side, that was that was never going to happen. Blank, I would consider this uh, a very good baptism of fire, a really good debut, and he's only going to learn a lot from that. In the first half, he was amazing. However, second half, I think he got shown up a bit. He was getting taken up and around the ground. Um, by some more experienced forwards. However, that will only hold him in good stead for his future development. I really also think he needs to build the tank as he moves forward to stick with these guys when they're trying to run off him like that. Scrimmer was back to his amazing best with his performance, and you really do miss a player like Scrimmer when he's out of the side when he comes back into the side because he is living up to his top 10 draft pick billing and we're just so happy that he's back in the in the starting 22 however watch those blind handballs mate so we were a bit funny about those ones Mitch Lewis so after having f- freshly pinned his deal with the Hawks that would have to have to take him to the top highest paid player in the club we believe alongside James Sicily, he was wonderful and he was proving every cent of his worth in that new contract with how he was going in that first quarter first half and throughout the game in general and he he really he really is a a beacon of light now forward line that's only going to get better and better bigger and stronger. Another pre-season in him, and he will really be one to look out for. All he needs is a bit more support, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast. Seeing Sir Sammy coach from the boundary was excellent as well, and very refreshing for our young and developing side, Uh, especially given that immediate feedback to those younger players as they were coming off the ground straight away. At one point, they saw uh, the coverage zoomed to him and James Blank having a chat, which was wonderful. And with a young and developing side, that immediate feedback is what's required. So Sammy is doing so much, so much right at the moment that it was so pleasing to see. The other notable hi- highlight was, even though he went missing for patches of the game, Sammy Butler uh, once again just looked so dangerous in and around the contest. And you know this was exemplified by a strong contested mark and set shot a goal in the fourth quarter. He is definitely one to watch with his speedy growth and development to our senior side. And like a few other champion players that came before him, he's one that really sometimes you judge by his his impact on the contest when he doesn't have the ball in hand. So that that is a wonderful sign for him moving forward. Right, with that out of the way, we turn our attention to the Hawthorne Giants game a giant stadium well it wasn't one for the purists but the weather being what it was it was bloody horrible with the torrential rain the downpour and it was one of those games where it was going to be proper in and under contested footy and one where you really were hoping that there was no injuries and sadly we came we came away with a few injuries that we'll talk about as we go. Blank showed himself really well in the first quarter or two with uh, quite a few different spoils. Also, what was interesting to see that we were still conceding goals out the back, but like we've talked about before, this is going to happen when we play this attacking style of football, this counter-attacking footy. Sometimes you're going to get caught out the back, and that was happening to us a few times as well. I really liked the passage of play uh, with Butler, Onto to CMAC for our forward fifty entry to more and then a shot of goal by Sicily. Potentially a glimpse into our future when we're next holding a Premiership Cup. And like we just said before, Butler was looking just really handy in and around the ground. He didn't get much of it, but he was getting involved in a lot of things. In our really good passages passages of play, he was there in and around the contest. One thing we noticed as well with C-Mac, he's almost selfless to a fault. And that t- at times when he was really lowering the eyes in the forward 50, he would have been better off just backing himself and going for a shot at goal. But that was, that was wonderful to see that he's still do, at this young age. He is first year after getting picked from the draft, he's doing the right things. Second half was more of a slog and probably even worse conditions. And even though, even though we were getting beaten, I still think this was a game that was good for our morale because we were still matching it with the team with probably the highest amount of first-round draft picks as you will get, and we were still going to the corridor, which was fantastic. Like for us to keep playing that attacking brand of football in those conditions, hats off to Sammy and the team for encouraging that. <clears throat> But once again, the specter of injury was looming large, and we were, part of us and our team were just watching through with bated breath and through, through fingers that we were not going to get any more injuries. But having said that, one of our best performers on the day, which we'll get to a bit later, Tom Mitchell, not being able to make the distance from 50 meters out, uh, was a little bit disappointing, but... I'm sure with a very heavy waterlogged ball, um, many other players would have had the same difficulty, but that seemed a bit strange to us. We also think that Hardwick did so well being matched up against uh, Green, who, and I think Hardwick is getting back to his unheralded best in our back six and really takes the jobs that not many other defenders in our back six want to take. So credit credit must go to him. Our votes to the game was Tom Mitchell with three votes, Harry Morrison with two votes, and Sicily with one vote. We know Sicily had a lot of meters gained, but don't forget he did take a lot of kickouts, and he did run quite far and kick the ball quite far from those kickouts, so that can be a little uh, bit of a misnomer or red herring with the stats, but we still think that Sisley, with his impact on the contest, I think he had 14 or 15 uh, spoils. So that, you know, if it, if it wasn't for James Sisley, we, we definitely think that we would have lost by a lot more than what we ended up losing by. So that that was our, our takeaway from the game against the Giants. Honourable mentions must also go to C-Mac, Scrimmer, and, and John. Uh, Jaeger, this game was was built for players like Tom Mitchell and Jaeger with their hard contested footy in and under. And by the end of that game, it became very clear that the one thing that we wanted was to keep our injury sheet quite light. And it was very sad to see James Walpole go off with what we think and appears to be... uh, a shoulder injury, that'll keep him out for a couple of weeks. We actually will get to this a little bit later, but we think this is as horrible as that is for, for Warps. It's a great opportunity for someone else to come into the side. So our talking points in this game. Like we just said, it was it was not one for the purists, with, with the weather being what it was, and with a hard, tough, contested footy. But, look, apart from the the injury to warpole it was one where you're watching three gritted teeth, baited breath, whatever you want to, whatever expression you want to use. Because we were just praying that there was no more serious injuries. But on that note, with Gunner coming back into the side, you can't help but feel that surely a Jackson Callow would have gone better in the wet than putting Gunner in those conditions. Gunner's still coming back from his injury. We believe he, he's still not cherry ripe, so why would you throw him into a game in torrential rain that was gonna be hard, tough and contested like that? He was turning very slowly as well, Gunnar. So he I think I, it was probably doing him a disservice to have him out there on the field. So our theory is in that scenario, why wouldn't you play a Jackson Keller who's got a you know He's been given the nickname Buckets for a reason. He takes a great contested grab. So get him out there. Roll him out. See what he can do in those conditions. On that note as well, as good as Tommy Mitchell played and Yago uh, Mira played as well, I think this game also highlighted that we have to do our utmost as a club now to ramp up their value to potentially get them out the door at the end of the year. And that's, a, that's a probably a very unpopular take from us and our editorial team, but we're, the longer the season goes on, the more married we are to that sentiment. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, also during the week, which was of note, was the soft tissue injury to Chad. Uh, we also think this is a great time keeping my nice for the rest of this year. Make sure he gets another good preseason in next year uh, with a, with a view to getting, getting him Another sol- giving him another solid shot next year. However, come end of season, if clubs approach us to discuss his availability, we we are we should be all we should be all ears if that happens, and no deal should be off the table for us when it comes to Chad. And uh, on that note, let's pray that Clarko does get that job, whether it's a GWS or wherever, because we dare say that he'll probably attempt to take a few of these blokes with him when he goes. On that note, we did look, we we had a bit of time during the week and we we didn't want to put it on our Twitter, but we we thought we'd save it for a, a talking piece this week. But in our opinion, in no particular order, we really feel that we'll be trying to get rid of at least six of the following guys from our squad by the year's end by either trading, delisting and or offering or paying them unders for future contracts or basically saying to them, we're going to be paying them at Box Hill for development uh, purposes for our younger team and for the duration of their contracts at Hawthorne. Those names would be Tommy Mitchell, Yeager Mira, Warple, Chad Wingard, Shields, Gunner, with those names we feel that at least two of those will probably be, be probably be, be kept for death purposes in our opinions because you need that to help develop culture within a younger squad of players but apart from those names the other names would be Hardigan, How, Seamus Mitchell, potentially even Morrison and Downey. We feel that those players any 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 combination of those players, we should be listing to other clubs if they come to us with wanting one of those players. And potentially we can, at, at season's end, and we'll spend more time of this as the season goes on, but we should be working on the assumption that we're going to use all four of our picks for the draft at the end of the season and be also be looking to fill at least one of our rookie draft spots plus maybe pick up between one to three free agents or free pickup players, a la Jack Scrimshaw. One name that wasn't on that list, but very, very close to being was that of Jarman Impey. Now, we know he's coming back from his knee injury, but our biggest concern with our team is that whether or not he'll ever get back to that pre-knee injury form. We really hope and pray that he does, but it's not looking likely at the moment. Also, it was interesting to note uh, from Rocket Rodney Ead's article from the Hawks Insiders during the week that he thinks Sammy and his team are doing well in terms of our rebuilding and uh, development of youth and that we're going to be looking to, to get at least one more elite midfielder on our list. We would even argue that we're probably two elite midfielders shy of where we should be right now. So let's hope with those aforementioned four draft picks plus a rookie draft plus our our spots for free agency, we'll get at least two more in the door by season's end. Moving on to our Box Hill review. So, Just like the senior team, this game was played in equally horrible conditions and it was a very uncharacteristic box hill performance from our guys. Jekka was dropping uncontested marks, as was Jai Sarong. And it was still a a men versus boys game because the Giants still have a very, very strong second string side. So we really... We're not expecting to get too much out of this. However, in saying that, Kavara, who's not even AFL listed, was one of our standout performers. Is there any way we can maybe get him into our senior team by the end of the season? We wonder. The standout performers, though, from our, from our AFL listed talent, was definitely Finn and Ward, as well as DGB. So we are really hopeful and pushing. And strongly advocating for all three of those to be included back in the senior lineup come this week when the match committee sits down. Let's, let's all hope that happens sooner rather than later to really expedite their, their development. And that takes us to our preview against the Crows this Sunday at Marvel. So at the time of recording this podcast, the the extended squad still is yet to be named. But on the back of what we've just said, we really cannot and should not go past Ward, Finn, DGB, getting getting another chance at senior level this week, unless they're in the doghouse for whatever reason. Finn, on that note, if we do include him, has to play where we've been playing him at Box Hill, i.e. on the ball in the middle. He's really shown his wares there, so I think we'd be doing him a disservice to get him in the side and not playing where we've been playing him at Box Hill. Same with Ward as well as DGB, and I think a lot of you would also agree with 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 our opinion that when you get in these blokes from Box Hill into the senior side, you've got to play them in their position. For example, DGB should be playing as a lockdown defender. Had he been there last week when we played the Giants, how much more would that have helped out Sicily to actually run off and play the game he was built and bred to play, which is a rebounding halfback defender. But he didn't, so Sicily ended up playing a lockdown role, which really is not him. So let's hope those blokes can get in. Also, another silver lining for a pretty grim year for us is the fact that we're only being nudged out by percentage, but we are on track for pick three and pick 21 for the end of the year draft. But we would strongly advocate for another top 25 pick to hopefully expedite rebuilding our midfield, which is in dire straits, as well as, of course, best talent available, whichever that may be. It's reported that there is a lot of tall, uh, promising tall key forwards and the top 25, as well as inside mids. So that's really promising, and that that suits our needs perfectly. And above all, let's hope for another competitive loss and that the Warpole injury and the Gunner non-performance can see a few others getting a shot and a run in the seniors. But we know we're cognizant of the fact that there are not many banging or kicking down the door as they should be. But sometimes, if you play good plays. In the lower levels they'll ultimately start playing at that lower level so you've got to put faith in them to bring them up that they can rise to the occasion of playing senior footing we really hope that happens with not just our aforementioned ward finn dgbs but also callos as well even saunders we know is doing some really good things in and around the ball box hill We'd have nothing to lose by throwing him in the senior team to see what he can do. Even throwing him on a wing because he's electric in and around the contest and when he's got ball in hand, he loves taking a bounce. We could do a lot worse than putting him in the senior side. So that is the latest installment from this small corner of the Hawks world. Please make sure you subscribe at www.oneforallhfc.com for more ill-advised and poorly-informed mail and content throughout the season. We're currently working on more social media and we'll, and we'll revert in due course. But until next time, ride those bumps with the Greenhawks fans. Bye for now.